Hello, wrestling fans. This is Dust McGuire with Beat Drop Entertainment, and you're listening to the Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast with your host and one of my best friends, Johnny Cadillac. Today, Johnny brings in another one of my great friends from the Isle of Desire, the romantic one himself, Ryan Romantic. Now let's head into the studio. Johnny, take it away, brother. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. We are here. That By the time you're hearing this episode, it is Christmas Day. And welcome to Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Cadillac. And let me tell you, if I'm going to bring any guest in for a special Christmas edition of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast, especially if you've been familiar with the MWA product for at least a year and... Uh, I'll, maybe even in the Lincoln area or whatever else, but if you think back to last year's Christmas show, I thought it was only fitting that my guest today is the man behind the Christmas Chaos Challenge. I am talking about Ryan Romantic making his Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast debut this week. Ryan, how you doing today? Good, man. How are you? I am doing great. It's a... Uh, How's how's your holidays been up to this point? Has it been more joy than stress, or how how have things been going with that oh, for you? All always always joy, man. Always joy. Good, good. How much not much stress involved? That, there you go. I wish I could say the same, but I uh, by Johnny Cadillac nature stress too much. But if I'm in that <laughs> ring, I'm never gonna never gonna let the crowd see it. But full disclosure. There's plenty of stress that goes on in my life around the holidays, but I always push through. I always make it work and make sure to have a Merry Christmas. And I'm hoping for the same for number one, the listeners and you, Ryan. Well, thank you. This time of year. Appreciate that. So anyway, let's uh, jump right into it. Um, I alluded to already your Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast debut. Number one, I want to... Uh, thank you because I mean, I know maybe it can get frustrating at times when somebody lets me know that they want to come on, or and I especially when I'm like, oh yeah, we'll bring you on, and then you don't hear from me, and you see all these other <laughs> episodes getting posted, and you're just waiting your turn. So, despite the the wait, I, I just want to say the fact that you still supported Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast and have been a listener uh, throughout the time. I. Number one, thank you for your support for this podcast. No problem, man. At the end of the day, we're all big, big family. So Absolutely. We support each other. Absolutely. Thank you. <coughs> and uh, I, I couldn't say it, said it any better myself. And so for this instance, I'm not going to. But <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk Ryan Romantic, the Ryan Carlson, the man behind Ryan Romantic. Oh, might just been breaking down the fourth wall there a little bit, but... All right, that's all right. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> um, nevertheless, everyone starts somewhere. Um, you you didn't just uh, stumble in a wrestling ring one day and and call yourself a wrestler. I'm assuming there was some sort of journey, Ooh. 
And to me, when I bring anyone on this podcast, that journey always starts with the conversation. Where where was wrestling introduced to your life? Like, let's let's hear kind of the the Ryan wrestling fan origin story. Oh God, it probably started when I was a kid. My dad, I me, mean, my dad used to used to be into it, not much anymore. But uh, watching it with him, and then of course I grew up with the Attitude Era and all that stuff. And then how I broke in is uh, I had a couple of buddies that were Ring Crew guys for Magnum and PWP and all those people, and uh, so I started helping out with Now This Is Wrestling when they started, and then I transitioned into Magnum, and I did that for about three or four years until Strife reopened the school. And then that's when I jumped into the school and that's where it's taken off ever since. So, uh, I, I guess how long, how long ago did you start the training then? Like kind of give us a time frame. There. When he started the wrestle shop. So it was probably about three years ago. Okay. Cause I knew, and just through car rides and that, that, uh, I, I, I assumed all this time that you'd actually been wrestling a lot longer. And, uh, so kudos to you that, I could see the the product in the ring and think that you've had more experience than you actually did. You should take that as a compliment, really. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I was like, oh, man, you look green as hell, I would then assume, oh, he, he probably has only been here for six months. Well, number one, I know that I've worked with you for much longer than a year now. And number two, like, you just seem so established enough from, like, what I've seen in the ring that I was just like, huh, so... Two three years ago or whatever when you or three years ago or so when you did the training, that's it, huh? Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, I started out with Brixton Nash and Jamison McGregor and Nino Hatchet. Okay, we we're all in the same class together. Um, and are are the uh, the four of you the only ones from that class that are still that kept with and are still involved? Like, I'm assuming you saw pretty some dropouts along the pretty, way. Pretty much, there was a. A couple of, one of the guys we had in the class, he finished it and then hurt his knee. And then there's a couple of guys that finished it and then just, they just didn't do anything after that, which is, it is whatever. But they I just mean, didn't fall, they didn't go through with it. Not really go through with it, but didn't go anywhere else minus the training. Well, I'm going to bring up a recent somewhat adversary of yours because at the recording of this episode just last night, you gave the sieve his 50th match and, and it was a victory for you. But I mean, it's a case in point where he, he'd been wrestling for a long time and, uh, and then he broke his knee and he gave it up and was gone eight years. And then he came back and like Brian blade said in the past episode, he was, he was better than he's ever been before. I mean, with some of these people that you saw, saw that like the one that, Got injured. And I don't know who it is, and I'm not asking you to throw him under a bus. But I mean, could you see some sort of comeback happening from this individual? If he was stuck with it, yeah. But it's been so long now, right? I don't think that. Yeah. Well, and I'm assuming you but, can you could also see just because you've been well, you've ran the rope, so to speak. You've been through it. That like you'd probably still have to get uh, some, some more. Wrestling's more than training. In a sense, you're always training at that. Um, but it's, oh, you're always you're always learning new stuff every time. Like I still learn stuff. Well, even last night when I was with, we were at the show last night. Like there's everyone critiques you in a good way, and you just pick up small things here and small things there. 
and just kind of mesh it all together. It's not just the ring work, my friend. I, as a ring announcer oh. who's been doing this for six and a half years, I'm still learning all the time too. And so, yep. like, and I'm not, I'm not as interested in running the ropes, despite the fact that the Lincoln crowd's always like. I mentioned like a mystery, whatever, who's going to be in this match. And I always hear people saying, Johnny Cadillac should be in it. And I'm like, do you really, <laughs> do you hear yourself what you're asking here? Like, I don't, I don't want to make the product look bad. <laughs> and so like, <laughs> let me stick to what I'm trained to do. And oh, so you should do at least one match. It ain't that bad. One of these days, maybe, but I, I would definitely, I would not feel co- even remotely comfortable in doing so until I, I got some training under my belt. And, uh, Fair enough. I, you know, years ago, I did a little bit of training in a backyard, but that was years ago, like over a decade ago now. And I haven't done any really the wrestling aspects since. And, I mean, there's a difference between standing in a wrestling ring and working in that wrestling ring. And as far as, you know, the moves are concerned, because, yes, I, I can work in a wrestling ring with a microphone in my hand and I can, you know, bash on, on Christian Temple or I can, you know, have shouting f- matches with the crowd or I can announce your next match with Vic Douglas as a three-hour, 57-minute and 42-second time limit or whatever else. And... um but no, I mean, so just because I'm working doesn't mean I can work the ring, so to speak. But you know, I guess, yeah. and you know this better, well, just as much as anyone else would in the wrestling business, they do say never say never, right? That's true. So it is very true. I mean, so did you? Uh, I mean, were you a fast learner then with the, with the training? Like, did you feel that you? You uh, excelled that you didn't need as much time before you were getting oh, in booked God, and shows, God or no. okay, God the exact no. opposite, was, huh? I was I was the oldest one that was in the class. I was thirty. Oh God, thirty six. I think when we started. Okay, I think thirty five or thirty six when we started. And uh, no, I was. I'm I'm a big dude, so I got winded real easy. And uh, yeah, I got the crap beat out of me. <laughs> it was still fun. I'm like. But I trained for uh, each class was three months, and I took three I took three classes with Nate. Oh, okay. And then we were we we, we were off we were off the races after that. Okay, so you but, you didn't even feel comfortable getting yourself involved until like one training session wasn't enough, um, where others could have I don't know if they would have felt they were ready or whatever else, but one training session wasn't enough. You had to keep going. And three sessions later, okay, maybe I can get in the ring now in front of a crowd. <laughs> yeah, because we we, start, we started in April, and we, we all debuted that December. Okay. We all debuted on Magnum. Oh. What did yeah. you, your Magnum debut look like? What was going on with whatever program or match that you were involved with? What t- Tell us about your debut. I wrestled uh, Jameis Tim McGregor. Okay. And I really don't know much about it. He just beat the crap. He, he ended up winning. I think he just beat the crap out of me pretty much. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was, I was with him. My, my first actual match, we did, we did Patreon tapings on the weekends when COVID was running rampant. And uh, my first actual match was against uh, Mac, Big Mac. Okay. Big tall dude, big tall dude from Magnum. Gotcha. I don't know, I don't know if he's been to MWA or not. He could have been, I don't know, but right. I wrestled him the first time. That was my very first match. 
But in front of a crowd, it was uh, Jameson and Gregor. Okay, so the Patreon work with Matt came first, but then yep. in front of a live crowd was Jameson McGregor was your first match. Yep. Okay, yep. good deal. Now let's. Uh, and I was. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go. No, no, I was gonna say I was scared. I was scared beyond relief the first time I went out in front of a crowd. Did Did you get a breathe a sigh of relief once that match was over? At least. Yeah, I still get nervous sometimes before matches, but the second I come out of the apron, I'm fine. But like when I'm standing back there waiting, it's like, all right, let's just get going. And my nerves <laughs> hit. Then once the music, once I get past, I'm fine. There you go. Now I, I I I've asked you about this once in person, but I haven't asked you about it on a podcast yet because, well, I mean, you're making your Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast <laughs> debut here, and nevertheless, even if maybe I don't remember the story or whatever, but Ryan Romantic is definitely a character in it of itself. Um, was that when, when you saw yourself as a wrestler, when you had that dream to, to get involved, was Ryan romantic, the vision you had in mind? I honestly know. Like when I was training, I wanted to be a heel. Okay. And then when we were training, like we'd, we'd do different, like you'd be a heel this for this exercise and a face the next one. Uh, the face one worked better for me. And then. The characters, the gimmick was just all the stupid characters I like just kind of molded into one. Because, like, I love Do Love, Cactus Jack, all those guys, like uh, Val Venus. Oh, Like, all, okay. those dumb, all those dumb romantic characters, like Gold Dust. Oh. I just took little little things from them I liked and just kind of like, yeah, we'll just do this instead. Well, I we'll try that and see if it works. I don't know how much of a love character Cactus Jack is unless, you know, he loves pain and loves barbed yeah. wire. But Dude Love, definitely. Dude Love, yep. <laughs> Yeah, I could I couldn't do the dances. I oh. tried blow my hip out trying to dance. But well, you have such upbeat theme music too that like you would think. But no, and you still you still know how to work the crowd with your entrance, even if you're not dancing. So I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so so yeah, so that's where Ryan Romantic was. Was just you thought of different characters that you liked that were kind of. Uh, Yep. Love characters. And then uh, Donnie, Donnie Pepper helped me kind of like start it when we started the, when we started putting the uh, gimmick together. So I got to give him credit for that because he kind of helped me start it. Right. And then I kind of just took it and went with it. Well, like I mean. the roses. The roses, I was like, I'm going to try this and see if it actually works. And Jesus Christ, it blew up. <laughs> now, if I, don't bring, if I don't bring roses now, I'm pretty sure they'll riot. Oh, man. Well, and I, I just remember. It was just a few months ago, and I actually have talked about it on this podcast, well, in a different light, uh, just a car trip that you and I took together. But it was, we were working a show in an undisclosed location, and we're trying to figure out the card, and the crowd in that undisclosed location didn't really know any of us too well, especially from MWA. And so then it just come to find out that Ryan Romantic was probably best off that night working heel. And yep, I, remember, okay, I remember the show now. I remember the nerves you had because you're like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I've never, which is funny to me because you just got done saying how, like when you started, that was the vision you had in mind was being a heel. And then yep. it just didn't happen. And then you had a wrestling yep. career where you know, Ryan Romantic and handing out roses and everything else. And, very much, and they're live, like, they're not dead black roses or anything. <laughs> and so, <Nope>. like, <laughs> um, but, and I just remember, like, do you remember having to switch like that and do something that you weren't comfortable with doing? Like, 
where your thoughts were before the match, after, during the match, and after the match, and uh, like, what was that like for you? It was actually really fun. I actually, I was, at first, I was like, "This is gonna be bad." Like, I'm just gonna, it was gonna be horrible. And then when I walked out, I didn't really do much. I was so used to like painting in the crowd, I kind of just ignored them. And then I actually had a lot of fun doing it. I was like, "This is really, really fun." <laughs> yeah. But then haven't done it since, which is fine. But <laughs> <laughs> well, do you uh, let's see, do you remember who your opponent was in that match? God, I don't, was that was that Angel De La Merte? I think it was. Okay, you know that makes sense. <laughs> with the twenty minute, with the twenty minute entrance to, uh, I don't remember the name of the song now. Oh yeah, I remember it took him like 20, 20 minutes to get in the ring. Uptown Funk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, no, it's a. Uh, Apparently, all you have to do is say Ariba and hold your hands up, and then you won the crowd over, at least for Angel's yeah. sake. <laughs> he did have that damn crowd the second he walked out. <laughs> but, yeah, no, uh, some good times, and I don't know, you know. Okay, do you, uh, do you think after that show, like, have you, have you thought about, like, what could happen if, like, like, because you work a couple different promotions. Like, you're not just an MWA. You said you got your start in Magnum. I just saw you at a PWP show last night. So, you know, um, Ryan Romantic can, you know, like, have different characters, different gimmicks. Like, the same idea, but you work different stories and different roles for different promotions. Have you have you thought about, like, if, if a promoter was to ask you, especially now that you have worked to match heel, have you ever thought about, like, if a promoter said, hey, let's, start trying to get you dirty, how you can still use your same character to kind of morph into the next role? Actually, no, I haven't. That's a good question. I try I to ask the hard-hitting questions here. <laughs> yeah, I'm not opposed to it. I just never actually thought about it. All right, well. Yeah, I, I try it. It ain't going to hurt nothing. <laughs> right. So uh, let me ask you this, and, and this is something you and I have talked about recently, because you – uh you have some visions on and goals like, and really any, any wrestler should have a goal, but there there's never mind. Well, no, I've already started, but like, I mean, what, uh, um, we've talked before. Um, let's just say, so you haven't thought about being a heel, but you, you not necessarily always work in gimmick matches, but people of the crowds used to certain things, but, have you you thought about bringing out a darker side, like maybe you know some more violence, like maybe some bloodshed? I've done one death match so far. Oh, you have done a death match, huh? How'd that go? Yeah, I did a match. It was hurt. Okay. <laughs> I did. I worked for Mid Death Pro. I was against Luke Luna and uh, Con Artiste, and it was painful. It was fun. No, it was a blast. But I do it again. What, I'm not opposed to doing stuff like that. Was there was there like the light tubes in that match? No, uh, so that the venue we're at didn't allow glass, luckily. So I got hit with a chair a lot. Oh, okay. And then, I got, and then I got the I got put through a door. Okay. Which hurt which hurt a lot. Have you have you like done it. table spots in your career yet? No, I want to. Also, one of my big things is I want to do a cage match. That's where I, I was alluding to it, and because uh, I knew, yep. and that's where I was like, "Oh, do I give away that secret here?" Then I was like, "Well, how much nope. of a secret is it actually?" And I've already said way too much leading into this. I can't, I can't <laughs> just turn around and say, "Actually, no." In the middle of a podcast, let's where let's be real here. I'm probably not editing that part out either. So, 
Um, okay, so <laughs> Elvis has always been on my always been on my bucket list. Okay, so you have a cage match and like as a goal. What is the perfect scenario for you? Looking at where your career is at right now, what what promotion do you think that would best fit you in? Who who do you like to see? Maybe if it, if, if you were they gave you the creative pencil. They say write your your fate with this cage match. What promotion? Do you have an opponent in mind? What what is the goal? We're gonna do both promotions. I think it'll work in both promotions. And PWP so and MWA. I, yep, yep. So MWA, I probably either had be Brian or Levi. They'd be the two opponents I'd love to get into a cage with. And then PWP, uh, Pat Powers or probably Kyle King. Okay, those two probably be the the best. They'd be they beat the crap out of me, but. I love that or moonshine. I never worked moonshine either. Okay, but I'd love, I'd love to be, I'd love to be in a match with one of those guys. I've done, I've been with Kyle King and Pat before, but well, you know, dream scenario sequences. Have you, have you worked a match with Brian Blade before? I know you were uh, think, shifting the focus on I PWP have. there, but I have, I have, I have worked with PWP for uh, one of the titles he had. Oh, okay, probably the uh, American Heavyweight Championship. I think so. And then I was on two. Uh, I'm pretty sure I was on two battle phoenixes with him. Okay. I'm pretty sure. So when I came back from my my bicep tear, that was the first match I was in was the battle of the phoenix. When I came back, I'm pretty sure Brian was there. Well, let's let's shift the focus again. So I mean, yeah. So and best of luck, honestly. If you uh, you get a cage match, that'd be cool. I I mean, I've worked. I've been doing this. Uh, doing this with my ring announcing for six and a half years. I have worked one cage match so far and that was on my, my debut show. <laughs> so I like, told me that. <laughs> and uh, so like, I don't know. I'm not opposed to, to work in a cage well, match. The, can, you're, that, the, you're the commissioner. You can make this happen. I mean, well, I, do you really, there. do you really see us fitting a steel cage into first Avenue social hall? We can make it happen. I will tell you this. I think I, be a big cage. I could see a cage match happening at First Avenue Social Hall before I'd be able to see a cage match happening at the Cornusker Social Hall where we were at prior. Especially with like those. Oh, that, a cage would. <laughs> especially a cage wouldn't fit in that building, right? Especially we, with we like, barely fit in that building. Exactly, especially with like that like wedding veil type thing that was over the ring that they never wanted to yeah. take down. <laughs> <laughs> like I remember, I think it was the very first show we ever did there. Like somebody just went for like a vertical suplex or something, and the whole thing came down. And then we're like, "Well, now what?" Because it was just kind of awkwardly <laughs> hanging there. I think in the ring, and so something had to be done. It couldn't just be ignored. <laughs> and <laughs> but and then yeah, I just I don't know, you know, and I don't know Todd very well. But I was just like, okay, maybe that's a staple there, but I'm. Hoping it wouldn't be too difficult to to put back up afterwards. Can't you just take that down before we uh, come here for a wrestling show where people want to use the top rope? Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you should have taken that damn thing down. Exactly. But then, I mean, at, at First Avenue, really, I think the only time we really had real troubles with kind of the heights and everything there was the very first show we had, and it wasn't – because it's not a low ceiling, but there are some low fans that uh, are not yep. fans, vents that come down from that ceiling. Yep. And so you got to kind of peaceful, piece everything. Did someone, kick one, did someone kick on them the first show? Uh, something like that, or like elbowed it or something. I remember, 
I remember vaguely that happened. So, Ryan, I mean, again, I'm not a wrestler, so maybe I'm not the right person to uh, give this piece of advice to you. But when you're ready to hit a 450 splash in one of your matches, maybe not have that be at First Avenue Social Hall. (laughs) I kind of want to do it there now. (laughs) (laughs) Challenge accepted. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just just imagining, like, I'm not going to say it's impossible. Like, there's... Oh, I, I had my friend Brian Knapp on. I think it was Brian was talking about um, how, like, uh, there was the big show or back when he was a giant in WCW, and he hit a moonsault at a house show just to show everyone he could do it. And Hulk Hogan found out about it, and he goes, did I just hear you, you hit a moonsault at that show? He's like, yeah. He goes, never do that again. <laughs> like, like <they're>, you're, <laughs> you're a big man. Kudos that you can do it, but there's certain things you need to stay away from. And like, yep, that's why I don't go on the ropes. <laughs> I don't like how I'm not a big fan of heights either. But yeah, I mean, I'm too well, big for that stuff. When when you did like, and I I'm just genuinely curious curious now though. When you did your wrestling training, did you try like? Did they have you run through like top rope spots, or did they only do the, did they do that with certain wrestlers or not at all? Uh, you, you basically, like, we do days where you just be like, hey, I want to try this, and they'd walk you through how to do it. And one of the days they did do, uh, I think it was moonsaults. I didn't participate in it because I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. But uh, for the most part, we, we just got taught the basics. Yeah. Just basically, it was like, we knew how to, we knew, we knew how to, we, we were done training, you put a match together, and then run through it, and then over the course, you're getting better, you'll get more experience, you can do different stuff, but Exactly, yep. but and that's what I like to say because it's it's a phrase so commonly used, but it especially will work in the wrestling business. <laughs> you got to walk before you can run. Like, oh yeah. Don't don't try running before if, if you barely can take four steps together just walking. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. All right, Ryan, let's, uh, let's turn back the clocks a little more. Go back to turning the clocks because um, we kind of just touched on it very briefly. Um, but... Let's let's. I want to talk a little more about just prior to your start in the wrestling business about about your fandom itself. You you said you started with watching wrestling with your dad. You said correct. Yep. Okay. And so like late late eighties era. What was was he always a fan then? Prior to that, I'm not honestly sure. Okay. So like when I became older, he just didn't watch it much anymore. Okay. 
So then it was just kind of like me and my brother watching it on you know, Monday nights and Saturday nights and stuff like that. Like, do you have an earliest memory of watching wrestling with your dad? I remember watching... I don't remember what WrestleMania it was, but it was Hogan versus Sergeant Slaughter. WrestleMania 7. That was the first time I remember watching it with my dad. That's the earliest memory of watching wrestling with my dad. Okay. And so I guess was it that... Uh, I always like to ask this to people who come on to this podcast, but for you, for Ryan Romantic, the wrestling fan, or Little Romantic, the wrestling fan... Um, were I mean, did you just only tune into WWF or did you watch WCW too? Like, where where'd your fandom lie? I used to so primarily WWF, but I always loved Cactus Jack and WCW. Him and his feud with Sting. Okay, like that's what drawn me to Cactus Jack to begin with. And then so when I'd bounce back, I was a typical Monday guy. I'd bounce back and forth, but I was, I was WWF always had my heart. Okay, but, that's that's fair. No, and my whole thing is because I wasn't allowed to watch WWF uh, growing up, and it was it was a simple decision that my my parents gave me when when they started Nitro, and I've talked about this at, at nauseum on this podcast, and they 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 thought there's a such thing as too much wrestling. Uh, to this day, I still think, how in the world did you think that? <laughs> but um, but nevertheless, and they they essentially told me pick one product or the other, and I. I chose WCW as more invested in it at the time. Well, as invested as you can be as a five-year-old and, uh, or no, six-year-old. And, <laughs> um, and so then, all right, you're going to be watching WCW then. And, um, and then, you know, when the attitude era and, and that did come about and being in a Christian family that I was, it was like, Oh, well, thank goodness that Johnny picked, WCW because we wouldn't want him watching WWF anyway. And then it, it, I really had to work to, when WCW went out of business, I really had to work to get, get it where they would allow me to watch WWF. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't just take wrestling out of my life. And <laughs> like, do you think, so it would have WCW been enough. If roles reverse say that 83 weeks was longer than 83 weeks to the point, because the Monday night wars was designed like, I mean, they, they, yes, they won the TV ratings, but the, I, the end goal maybe was that one company eventually goes down. Like Vince McMahon and Eric Bischoff were not friends in the day, <laughs> and by any means. <laughs> uh, but like, what if eighty-three weeks prevailed and and WWF somehow went out of business? Would you've seen? And I, it's hard for me to even ask this question because when I think of WCW and the later days, I don't think of very much good. There's not too many people out there who say nice things about Vince Russo, but would you no. have seen, <laughs> were you seen it that you would have still enjoyed WCW enough that if that had to be your only fandom, you could do it? Probably not. It was pretty rough towards the end to watch it. Yeah. And there's no way Vince oh, Russo no. would have been able to beat, beat Vince McMahon. Let's be real here. But like, no, I've actually met actually met Vince Russo once. I didn't oh. care much for him. All right. Well, <laughs> I he can imagine a, that. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if if you took your okay, so next question then, where would your loyalty lie in the war? If you had to choose one side and back that one side up, would it be Vince Russo or Jim Cornette? Oh God, I don't even know. Because <laughs> you're probably like, I don't, I don't like either I don't of them. Much, 
I don't really care much for either. I'm forced to leave it at none. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with wrestling now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, you go and uh <laughs> you, I just turned you away from wrestling altogether. You're gonna go have yep, your retirement <laughs> match, you're putting hillbilly bubbles <laughs> over, and then you're just wiping oh, your hands clean of the subject altogether. <laughs> God. <laughs> that, that would be the day. <laughs> okay, but like we don't have the Monday night wars anymore, but then there's still there's still, you know, some Saturday night wars and that. Are you a fan of all elite wrestling? Yeah, I like I'm at the point now where wrestling's wrestling for me. Yeah. Like I like I like watching all I like watching everything all together. Okay. Because it's kind of not really not really the same talent pools, but I do like the variation of like you got the WWE wrestlers over here and then AEW and whatever else. Like there's just different variants to different people. Yeah. And I love it. It's not just the same thing on this on this channel to this channel. They're all different and all I love it. Well, and they know how to that's feed what, they know how to feed that, their what, Go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm sorry. I was saying that's not, that's what draws me draws me personally to it. It's just different. Yeah. It's like that's what I like. Well, and, I don't want the same drooling stuff every time I watch TV. There you go, and that's what I was trying to say. And I I apologize for all those times I started to interrupt you there, but uh, just because no, I don't I don't bad. like interrupting people, <laughs> but you, <laughs> you you learn to draw to your strengths, and AEW is at the end of the day. Regardless of all the WWE names who jump ship, AEW is a completely different product than WWE. And you you figure out what your crowd is, what they want. You know, Tony Khan has been very much so where he wants to try something, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And like I, I've enjoyed, for example, I I have been so far behind on AEW lately, and that's not anything against their product. It's just life gets busy, and this time of the year, especially with CM Punk coming back, if I'm going to watch one company, my loyalty is with WWE. Um, but from what I've seen of it, this Continental Classic has been so good. Like, there's been so many good matches, and I was just something, hey, let's let's throw something at the dartboard and see if it sticks. And uh, yep. and so, you know, if, if they want to do that going forward, I'm all for it. and. Um, but yeah, and it's like, I think a lot of Tony Khan's ideas comes, well, he was a wrestling fan first and WCW did round, uh, round Robin tournaments constantly back in the day. And, uh, you don't really see him nowadays, but then I don't know. And especially with the 12 men that were picked for this continental classic and the six that are paired together in each, it's, it's just, okay, we've seen this match now. How would this person work against this person? Let's find out next week. And they've just been some classic matches in that thing. Yeah. So I haven't, I haven't really, well, I haven't really got a chance to watch it much because I'm usually sleeping. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's where I wanted to carry on into the next question. Like, or my next question was, um, so I'm thinking back to like when I had that no good Christian temple on this podcast and <laughs> I thought, you know, the audience was going to want to hear all about this, this, like big rivalry between Johnny Cadillac and Christian Temple. And we got there, but we had such a long conversation prior that I was almost like, I mean, this has already been a podcast episode in itself and we haven't even gotten to what the crowd, (laughs) what the fans want to hear, the listeners want to hear. But I mean, we just, we enjoyed talking about wrestling, but one thing that resonated with him and I'm, uh, to me about him, I should say, and I'm curious on how it is with you. Did your fandom 
did Ryan Carlson's fandom change at all once you were involved in the business? Uh, kind of, not really. I okay. Guess. Like, I mean, did you ever like lose any sort of passion for like watching it? Like, or are you still so very I, much so the fan that you always were? I'm still a fan. I just don't, I never really watched as much like okay. later on in my older year as I got older. Like, I still like watching the pay per views for WWE. Like, I have people come over. We have people come over and hang out. Yeah. But uh, I'm still a fan. I usually just watch highlights on YouTube and then go from there. If I find a cold match, I'll watch it through. Okay. But and that's not necessarily losing interest, though, either. It's, you mentioned you work overnights. And so, like, yep. And so you, you, you can only do so much. I love wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I host a wrestling talk podcast. But, you know, between working two jobs and doing my ring announcing, and, like, I'm in the bowling league, and, like, I don't have a lot of free time in general, and then where a lot of times in those rest, in those in those free time moments I do have, I want to get caught up, but it's, yep. there's so much variety out there, and if you, like, try to watch everything, it's so easy to get behind, and, uh, oh, yeah. and so then, yeah, I just, like I said, I just watch highlights, I got the kids, at work, I pay models, so <laughs> a lot of my time is wrapped up with mainly with the kids. But so I'm gonna assume, based on the Ryan romantic character, that your your top four all time favorite wrestlers are, and based on what we've said, because you mentioned Mick Foley, so I'm gonna say say uh, kind of a mix between Cactus Jack and Dude Love, Val Venus. Raven, and I had another name in mind, and I just lost it altogether. It was going to be a throwaway <laughs> name, though, just to get you to pop. And I, oh, and Rikishi. It wasn't a throwaway name at all. <laughs> yeah, a couple of them. I do love Rikishi. Okay, uh, I was going to say, so where do I vary my... on this? <laughs> so I've never been a big fan of Raven, but from like few of my favorite four, it'd probably be Cactus, OG Cactus Jack. I've always loved him, uh, or just Mick Foley in general. Okay. Like all of his little alter egos, uh, old school Triple H. Oh, like at Attitude Era Triple H. I yeah. always loved him for some reason. Uh, probably Ric Flair, and then Rikishi. Is that your Mount Rushmore then too? Yeah, I had to throw in Bray Wyatt too. From when Bray Wyatt came from NXT over to when they started the family on Raw. Okay, like that. That was probably the best mic work I've seen in forever. And I was, loved, loved Bray when he first came back. And it was so first... different, which made it all the better. Yeah. So like, much I just, darker. I loved Bray Wyatt when he, the whole, the whole thing I loved. I never cared much for the fiend. Like, I don't know, like the OG Bray Wyatt, I, I was loved, loved. Well, and the thing is like, I'm not even going to say selfishly, but I'll, I'll always associate when I think of my friend Ryan Romantic and, you know, the guy I've taken trips with, I'm going to always associate Bray Wyatt and our thoughts because, and my thoughts because it was the first time I ever really traveled with you and coming back from an undisclosed location was a Bray Wyatt tribute show. And your biggest, oh, yeah, it was. And your biggest complaint throughout the whole show was the fact that you were stuck driving, so you had to only listen to it. <laughs> yep. I, I was peeking every once in a while, but <laughs> right, <laughs> but you know, eyes on the road too. So like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just at the end of the day, though. I can see, especially now that Bray Wyatt's no longer with us, I can see, you know, because when you talk about wrestling Mount Rushmores, 
ideally, if you're anything like me, yeah, you think about like four of some of the greatest. But then I, I can picture how Mount Rushmore actually looks, but then those wrestlers' faces carved in. And I can see yep. a Mount Rushmore, including especially Triple H and, and Ric Flair especially. And then, you know, I, I, Mick Foley is forever a legend, but like, I wonder in, in the hardcore world, 100% he would be in a Mount Rushmore, but if somebody gave their Mount Rushmore, I'm like, uh, kind of hit and miss when you can only throw four people up there. But it's hard for me to imagine <laughs> Rikishi's face on a Mount Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've always liked him. I always liked the Samoan, like just the big Samoan wrestlers. I don't know why. Okay. But, there, uh, oh, the big Samoan wrestlers. Okay. He had the. Yep. So, I mean, are, were yeah, you. The, the bigger Samoans. Yeah. Were, I mean, were you a Yokozuna fan? Oh, yeah. I loved him. Like, I always liked the big guys. For yeah. Some reason. Even when I was. I've always been a big kid, but. Uh, yeah, the big dudes I always loved because then you have to do much. They're yeah. just monsters when they're in the ring. But okay, so I'm especially a, like Bam Bam Bigelow, like yeah. he was just a straight up monster whenever he's in there. So I'm gonna put you on the spot, and I'm gonna ask a question. I don't know if I've really asked, especially on this podcast, but I have mentioned on the podcast. I've heard so many people say their dream match would be like the Big Show against Andre the Giant, or I'm not even gonna say Paul White in this because like. Let's, let's be real here. When you think of Paul White, the wrestler, you're going to think of Big Show before anyone else. But either way, to me, I don't want to see that match. Like, uh, especially them being two big men, like Andre especially was very limited to what he can do, especially, I guess, earlier in his career, like the stuff that somebody like me who only really saw him in WWE, I didn't get to see as much, but he did a lot more before he just grew more and more out of shape. But the Andre Giant yeah. that I remember, and I have seen the tapes of, of like, you know, the first few WrestleManias that he competed at, I wouldn't want to see him against a big show because I'm like, okay, you, wait, what are you going to do? You're going to chop him down and you're going to kick him? At, it just, it, it's not too many variables to me that would make that a no, fun, was, fun match to watch. He was so limited. He was, well, he was pretty sick towards the end, I think. Exactly. Wasn't he? Yeah, he was. So, like, he didn't, he didn't, he couldn't do a whole much, but then you got someone like the big show. Like, plus it's a whole different era of what the wrestlers can do. So like, you didn't have people like edging all them back in the day. Them back in the day wouldn't have happened. Yeah. But well, so my, yeah, I wouldn't want to see that. I wouldn't want to see that match either. <laughs> okay. My, my point, the reason I bring this all up is because, you know, you we're just talking about big men in general. And I mean, by any means, you're not necessarily a small man yourself. And, uh, um, and so you you know, you take comfort in doing some of the big man moves, but what would be? You pick up a video game where you can live your dream match without you know worry about realization like oh this wrestler is dead obviously this match can't happen. What would be your biggest at, on the put on the spot moment dream match of two big men against each other? What oh, would God. you want to see of two big men against each other? I think I already have my answer. You know, I don't. I asked you first, so I don't really know. I don't really know. I wouldn't mind seeing like Umaga versus Rikishi. Okay, honestly, yeah. Because I always liked Umaga, even though he was just a drooling brute. Well, I don't really know. 
going on. I never on. really thought about it, to be honest with you. Well, and I figured you hadn't. I tried to ask the questions that people wouldn't think about, though, on this podcast, too. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I, I didn't know what my answer was, and I'm a big guy myself. I'm just not a wrestler. Um, but, like, I uh, I didn't know while I was asking that to you, and as soon as I asked it, I think I started to think mine would have been Braun Strowman against Umaga just because they were two big men that could Ooh, both still move. Uh, but then That'd I'm also one. thinking about like Bam Bam Bigelow, like he could fit in somewhere real nicely too. So, oh yeah, that'd be good too. Hell, even bring bring in like Big Van Vader. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Him versus some of the new, him because he he moved like a, he moved like a cat. Yeah. Man, you could have it, have him against well any of the big guys now. Hell, that'd be a good match. There you go. So I'm gonna say say your, your thoughts <laughs> is Vader against Braun Strowman that because you said any of the big guys now. Or wait, that'd be a good that'd be a good one. So you'd want to see Vader against Omos? Ah, might as well <laughs> screw it. Okay, because my <laughs> whole thing is like again, there's still some of those. Braun Strowman has done so many crazy things that again you wouldn't, and because he's so big, it adds a whole new twist to it. And and you know yeah. you, you see Numaga do plenty, but like, uh, but then there's still the the stereotypical big men that I'm just not as big of a fan of seeing, and I don't want to bash on Andre anymore because, you know, it was giantism for him. There's a reason why you don't see Omos on TV every week. Like, he's in the Performance Center, I'm sure, still quite a bit, and, like, he's had some moments, but he's not that wrestler I want to see all the time. So you're like, hey, we're going to give you this match. It's going to be Omos against the great Khali. Will I watch it? Probably, because I'm a wrestling fan, and I I hate fast-forwarding through anything. But my vested interest will not be there as much for that match. They'd probably have the, something like that. They'd probably have to build it up. Right. Because if they, if they just did it for like a weekly show, no one would probably care. They'd be like, oh, it's just two big guys. And that'd probably be about it. But I don't know. You just Stuff like that is it's hit or, it matches with anyone, really. It's just hit or miss because they could have a bad match. Yeah. You know, the crowd might not, the crowd just couldn't be into it. Like, I've seen shows like that, independent shows where. We're in the back drooling because the match is good, but the crowd's kind of just like, oh, okay, whatever. Right. But it is what it is. Well, and I want to say this then, too, like, um, because I think it was SummerSlam 1995, and I saw that if it wasn't the main event, it was one of them, but it was, uh, or was it? Yeah, it was SummerSlam 95, and the big featured match was Diesel against Mabel. And I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't because I, I again, I'm Mabel. I, I think of Viscera or Big Daddy V before I think Mabel and Diesel. I think of Kevin Nash. And I, so I'm just like, yeah, nope, not really interested. And then I watched that <laughs> match. And for being those two big men in particular, it was way better than what I was I was expecting. Like, I think, you know, like Diesel like did. a. It wasn't necessarily a suicide dive, but he definitely went over a top rope to the outside and um, like in a like cross body type move, like one of those, I guess I'd still be considered suicide dives. But when I say suicide dive, I think of somebody who's running off the ropes and then flying through or over the ropes, and, <laughs> like with the running momentum, as opposed to holding on to the ropes and then jumping onto your opponent on the outside. But yeah, it, it was, was it a, a fantastic match? Was it five stars? No, but Given who was in it and what my expectations were, 
it very much so exceeded my expectations when I saw that. Oh, yeah. Even your reaction when I brought those two names up said it all right there. Yep. <laughs> so, I forgot all about Mabel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then, you know, and Diesel was the champion at the time, retained his championship. And um, I will still say this, though, and I will take this to my grave one day. If you're going to be a big man, and I'm not a wrestler, and maybe by the time I'm in my grave, I would have had that one wrestling match that you're suggesting I have, like, in general. Like, maybe Johnny <laughs> Cadillac does get in the ring. But regardless, the fan of me will forever say this. Like, if you're a big man, say six foot ten, you should not go off the top rope to do a big boot off the top rope. It doesn't. The science doesn't make any sense. So if you tell me you're going to do that That's and it's going to result in shattering your ankle, I'm going to believe it, Sid Vicious. <laughs> yep. I thought he broke his shin bone. I might have been, but it was. It I was, don't remember. I remember. I can, I can literally picture the video in my head. I've seen it so many times. Yeah. And one of you, one of you, ugh. It was like, that was ugh. one of, if not the worst wrestling injury I've ever seen. But, ugh. yeah, it's. What? <laughs> I still think when I tore my bicep, it still makes me cringe. Okay, is it, and that's where I wanted to get to, and I didn't think that was going to be my transition, but let, it's nevertheless. Is that the only injury you've had so far in your career, a torn bicep? Mine is a little like, you know, the normal bumps and bruises. Right. That was like the bigger, that was the biggest one I have. I went over the top rope of the Battle Royal at the Cinco de Mayo show for PWP, and I felt something pop in my elbow. And then when I was walking back to the locker room, they're all like, hey, look at your arm. And my bicep was in my armpit. Oh. And then, yeah, it just snapped so hard. And then uh, the pain didn't really set in until I was driving to right, – my, my fiance was driving me to the hospital. Okay. That's when the pain really set in. And it was it was not fun. Like, the, the recovery was worse than the actual, like, up until I had the surgery. After I had the surgery, the pain was – God, it was unbearable. Okay. It sucked. <laughs> like, obviously, so last night when, when we were recording this and we just had a PWP show, that was the first time I've ever even been to a PWP show so far. My my only regret is I haven't been to any sooner than that because that was a lot of fun. Um, it met my expectations, exceeded my expectations. I had a good time. It was definitely a different feel, despite the fact that half the locker room is the same. It was definitely still a different feel than, like, MWA and in a good way that's not a bash on PWP or MWA it's just what we were talking about with WWE and AEW earlier they're just two di two different products and they they play their it's strengths and make it work yeah exactly um but that's where I was thinking I was like okay now that I remember it uh, I wasn't at that PWP show obviously but I want to say you just gotten your start in MWA I worked like a show or two with you and then you disappeared because you were injured, like, right after that, then. Yep. <laughs> yep. I think I worked maybe – I think I worked just a battle royal with MWA, maybe another match. I don't even remember. And then I worked one show, one regular show of PWP, and then we had the single to Mayo show. That's when I tore it. Okay, yeah. So and then I was out – that was out till August. Like, I – I still came to the shows. I still went to every PWP show. I still came to every MWA show and hung out. That's right. You did, yeah. But, uh, yep. But, yeah, I didn't come back till August, the end of August. <laughs> so, I, think, I think MWA was in Twin Harbors when I, 
when I got re- yeah, when I got released, they were in Twin Harbors, Minnesota. Oh, okay. Two Harbors or wherever it's called. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Because they were trying to give, they were trying to convince me to come up there and hang out and wrestle, and I'm like, no, I just got released. I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't blame you there. I mean, was was it hard? It, granted, it was it was a three month time period where you think of injuries and. Sometimes it can be a lot longer, but was it was it difficult, like, staying on the sidelines when it came to, like, you're still at the shows but not being in the ring for them? It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it was – hold on. Sorry about that. It was, uh, it was hard because it was, like, I wanted to do so much. But, like, so one time uh, it was at MWA. It was a train, they were doing their training. And I was just standing in the ring, and I was talking to uh, – I can't remember who I was talking to. But someone, like, I was across the ring from the person. They took a bump, and just the vibration went up my arm. And I was like, "Nope!" And I hopped right out the ring. It hurt so uh, bad. Wow! Just from, just from the vib, just from the vibration. So I was like, "Nope, I'm out of here." <laughs> I wow. got out of the ring. And, yeah, that that was like right after my surgery. But yeah, I didn't. Yeah, it was it was very very painful. And then like when I went to uh, when I came back, I'm gonna swear, but Go ahead. Uh, I was beyond scared shitless. Okay. When I was in that uh, Battle of the Phoenix, I was like, I was like, this is how I got torn. And oh. the first match I have when I come back is the goddamn Battle Royal again. <laughs> I was like, this is this is not good. But no, I got thrown out by uh, uh, I don't remember his name anymore. He's probably listen. This probably punched me in the head when he hears it. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, Preston Maxwell. Oh. He threw me out. Okay. But I decided to think of his name. But yeah, they they took care of me. So. Well, and so, I mean, again, PWP show just uh, while we're recording this last night, you're in yet another Battle Royal. Do you still have yep. nerves going into Battle Royals, or have you kind of gotten past that now? No, I still have nerves because there's, there's always that little what if. Right. Because even though it's been healed for over a year, it still hurts all the time. Huh. But there's just always that one fear that all it's going to take is me just to move just a quarter inch one way or another. And it's just gonna snap again. Yeah, that's all. I'm always worried about it, but I take care of it. And yeah. The guys take care of me, so I guess you'll just always kind of have that dark cloud. And I, I can't, yep. I can't criticize you for it. And if I could, I'm not <laughs> going to. Um, <laughs> but one other thing that I'm not gonna say struck a nerve for me, but um, during intermission at the most recent PWP show, Billy Peck's in the ring and firing up the crowd who are still around. They're getting ready for making a, um, you know, an announcement about like a, a promotion they the were raffle. doing for the, for the 50, 50 raffle and everything. And he was saying, you know, you know, support the wrestlers. I think he might've been plugging the merch or something. Support the yeah, wrestlers. A lot of them have come from far to, uh, to be here tonight. And I'm like, okay, yeah, there's, and I'm thinking realism. So I'm like, well, I came from Lincoln and, uh, <laughs> and she, she specifically talked about chalk qu- coming from Guatemala. And, uh, and then he mentioned, and Ryan romantic came all the way from the Isle of desire. So then it made me think where the heck is the Isle of desire even located? I don't know. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere by an ocean. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> but you're from there. <laughs> yep. I think sometime we'll just get like a we'll get like a map and we'll just throw a dart and then wherever it lands we'll just point that as a general area. Is, is there an ocean <laughs> nearby there? Oh, close enough. Yep. <laughs> it works. Yep. <laughs> it was just like I'll never forget. Uh, that I was watching some sort of match. I, 
I said I'll never forget, but I clearly don't remember what the match was. I just remember on commentary. <laughs> the, so the Dudley boys were somehow involved, and so they were talking about how they were from Dudleyville. <laughs> and Jim Ross goes, I heard Dudleyville is right next to Parts Unknown on a map. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and so it's, it's one of those things that you just smile and nod. but <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> All right, there's a couple uh, couple other questions and you know from from your wrestling career um i'm assuming have you, you haven't had the opportunity to work any of like the big known on tv stars yet have you no 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 i haven't i've been in the same building as them right the same shows but i personally never worked in them i was gonna say i mean both of us can say oh yeah we've worked with them as in we were both in the ring at different points in the same show, but yeah. like you haven't been in a match with any of those names yet. Do you have like a kind of a, a dream match that makes sense? Like I'm not saying, I mean, if you make it on the WWE one day, whatever. But in the indie setting right now, of what what you know, we have access to or could get access to. Do you have a, any sort of dream match with a, a well-known star that you'd like to do? Like like, like oh, a, just a goal or something or a bucket list, not bucket list, but just again dream matches. Whether they happen to uh, become reality or not, like is there one star that you would want to work? Oh man, Foley would have to be on the top of my list. If he ever came back, I would love. Even if I even if it's a squash match, I wouldn't even care. Him and uh, from blank on the dude's name. Oh. <laughs> I'll probably I'll probably think of it right when we end this conversation. Right. I God, I'm blanking on his damn name. <laughs> I'll say, can you like give a hint that maybe I can help figure out what his name is? He's taking bookings, but he's, he's so he was he was a late '90s wrestler. He was on Tough Enough. Maven. Oh, okay. I, I, immediately, I started thinking yep. of Maven, but <laughs> okay, yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah, I would, I always liked him. I don't know why. Like, I know I know he was just he was, he was the tough enough winner, and he had little things here and there. But like, I always liked that dude, and I don't know why. <laughs> no, that's fair. I mean, and as one of those things that I, especially my friend Jesse Esquivel, I I can get into some conversation arguments, debates with him about. I'm like, all right, who would you say has the best looking drop kick of all time? And I'm listing Billy Kidman and Kurt Angle. And hardcore Holly, those have always kind of been my top three when it comes to the, like the kind of that flipping drop kick. And he goes, "No, Maven." And I was like, "Maven?" He goes, "Yeah." <laughs> and then the clip he always brings up is him eliminating the Undertaker in the 2002 Royal Rumble match. He's like, "Like you oh, see yeah. this curve in there and everything in it? Like you don't necessarily always think of Maven as like the top of anything, but then yeah, apparently he's in that conversation of the greatest drop kicks, I guess." Yep. And, was that the same match that Undertaker pulled him out and just beat him yep. senseless? Yep. Oh, and yep. that was okay. That's why I thought of. I could... Yeah. No. Okay. And that was so my my Mount Rushmore of drop kicks, I guess, because I thought of that fourth name because I said Hardcore Holly and Randy Orton, and now I'm dropping on on one other name I said, but Billy Kidman's that other one that like is I I just throw in Al Snow. Al Snow, really? He had a pretty. He had a pretty good drop kick. So okay, or maybe it was maybe it was just Kurt Angle, not Kurt Angle, Randy Orton, 
Hardcore Holly and Billy Kidman. So at least my my top three there. And if I yeah. if I remember a fourth name, I'm gonna remember it right after we're done podcasting the story of our lives tonight. <laughs> but nevertheless, um, okay. So and I I can't help but think though you you mentioned Mick Foley and again is by the time this episode's coming out is Christmas Day. Could you see Mick Foley accepting the challenge for the Ryan Romantic Christmas Chaos Challenge? Like, oh, if it was on Christmas, yes, that's his holiday. <laughs> that's his holiday, oh, absolutely. Man. I'm like, if there's yeah. one wrestler who would want to take a Christmas themed match besides the Miracle on 34 Street Fight, like, yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's yeah, Mick if Foley. I could, if, I, if I if I get that phone call, I don't know. I, That'd probably be my that'd be my, that'd be my career match. I'm like, I'm done. Like, <laughs> sorry, promotions, I'm out. <laughs> End it on a high note. Even if you lose, like, yep. you're still in the... You're I still... would. I, I don't even think I would... If the promoter's like, I'm going to have you win, I'd be like, nah, you just switch it to him winning because I, I can't see myself <laughs> ever beating someone like that. Right. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things, like, I'm sure you would even be completely fine with it being a completely one-sided squash match but it's still oh, yeah. you in there with mick foley that's that's exactly what it would be in a match <laughs> that you game. made famous in the indie scene the christmas <laughs> chaos yep. challenge like <laughs> i mean what was your your thought process last year going in because so this is what like four months after you came back from injury then when you when you hosted yeah. the christmas yep. chaos challenge yep and <laughs> but i mean it was a uh, Take us back. I just, I mean, it probably you didn't really have to. Did you have anything in mind? Did Ryan Romantic have anything in mind, or were you just like, it's an open challenge, but it's Christmas it's time, so open, let's give it a name. I wanted, I wanted, yeah, pretty much. It was like, I'm bored. Let's throw an open challenge. We'll throw this Christmas name on it. I'll come out wearing a hat. It was good <laughs> enough. There you go. Or man, the, the crowd that would have seen you at the recent PWP show and see the. The very small Christmas tie that you wore <laughs> that eventually referee Chad Peters ended up rocking. Yeah, I had to give it to him. Chad's yeah. my boy. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Chad Peters. Good guy. Friend of the show for sure. But, oh my goodness. Yeah, I don't know. Do you, uh, you see there being another Ryan Romantic Christmas Chaos Challenge down the road then? Oh, yeah. I hope so. Let me ch- I can use any holiday as a challenge. There you go. Maybe for Valentine's. Maybe for Valentine's Day. So that's a good idea. Oh, oh, that's a good idea. I'm just leaving on that cliffhanger. I was about to bring up some random holiday and be like, "So what would you do here?" Then, but the way you're saying that, Valentine's Valentine's Day. Leave it on that note. Ryan, romantic. That makes total sense. Then. (laughs) Yep. Just uh, yeah, put a rose on that then. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So well, Ryan, this was. This was a lot of fun. Congratulations on your official Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk podcast debut. Thank you. I'm honored to be on the show finally. Well, it was, it was a great conversation. It was a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. And, uh, I mean, I think there were some hard-hitting questions that were just randomly thought about off the top of my head that we could we could easily do this again another time too. So. Absolutely. So, Well, Ryan, thanks for uh, coming on. It was an honor having you on this episode of Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Cadillac, again with guest Ryan Romantic. And until next time, 
We will see you then. Have a good day, everyone.